When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From a network of highly secure top secret locations across North America, this is the moment San Antonio, South Texas has been wildly anticipating for months and months. What else could they have been talking about? The return of the Spurs Insider podcast with Express News B writers, Tom Orsborne and Jeff McDonald. I am your host, Mike Finger. What on earth are we going to talk about in this wildly, uh, uh, just eagerly anticipated event? This, this, this thing that has been months in the making, so much planning went into this return of this podcast. What is the topic, Tom Orsborne? Well, Kata had a breakout season. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, I was going to make a Kata joke. Why do we go to Kata as the as like and, a joke? And no, no, I yeah, I was going through, was going to, I was going to do the same thing. I was going through a mental checklist. Who do I say? And Kata's a good sport, so uh, it's anyway. But no, not just every time. We had a great season. Hope he comes back. It's just a fun. It's a fun. It's a fun name to say. The other minor. The other minor news that's associated with the turn of this podcast is the Spurs just got uh, their third generational prospect in three lotteries. Uh, Victor oh. Wimbanyama is coming to San Antonio, saving the franchise, perhaps saving the state, perhaps saving the union. Um, the French seven foot four phenom, which the is the kind of word that only describes young uh, athletes, but a phenom to end all phenoms. It's got to be a spur. What does that mean? Just just the Cliff's Notes version of of the story we've been hearing all week um, uh, to your to your local cagers, Jeff. Um, it means that this whole rebuilding project um, that the Spurs embarked on, really starting four years ago, but more in earnest two years ago, and super in earnest um, last summer, that whole rebuilding process, uh, they just hit fast forward on it. I mean, the whole we we talked a lot about how they did a good job of building around the margins with some of these draft picks they've added the the Sohans, the Devin Vassells, the Keldon Johnsons, but they were going to to make the whole thing work. They were going to need a star to build around, and they weren't going to be able to find that guy in free agency. That doesn't happen in San Antonio. They're going to have to draft that guy, and uh, in a, about a month 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 from now, six weeks from now, they're going to draft that guy. In, in Victor Wimbanyama. So it's it gives them the linchpin um of, of the rebuilding process. And it's 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 I mean, goes without saying, it's the key to the whole thing. He's the key to the whole thing. 
um, all the work, all the planning that, that Brian Wright and R.C. Buford and the, the Spurs front office have, have put into trying to um, build this team back into a playoff contender or championship contender, um, Victor is going to be the linchpin to all of that. Yeah. Tom and I were in two different uh, parts of the McCormick place in here in Chicago. Oh, That's the, the seafood restaurant? The site of the... <laughs> the site of the... It is. And it also... They do seafood and they do television events. Um, the site of the, the draft lottery on, on Tuesday, Tom had um, access to the drawing room, which meant he was sequestered. He had to hand over all his communication devices, uh, his recorder. He could take a pad and pencil in there. Uh, he was in there for a couple hours with the people who were drawing the ping pong balls. And he knew an hour before the, the outside world knew that the Spurs had won the rights to Victor Wembanyama. I'm on the, I'm in the, the room where the TV broadcast is being held. It's full of all the GMs and coaches and executives and scouts from around the league. And it, it's, it was the most, I, Tom could speak to his experience a little bit, but you know, you compare it to game sevens of NBA finals and, and championship games and playoff games and, and all the kind of tension that we're used to. It was unlike any of that because everybody in the room realized that they were about to see something that was out of their control, completely out of their control that could determine the shape of their franchise's future, their individual future, or like a decade to come. And all you could do is just sit there and wait. I, I've never seen tension quite like that in a room before in my life. And and Tom, you could talk about what it was like in the room itself where they're actually picking the ping pong balls out of out of the, the hopper. And then you have all these guys like Brian Wright is in there looking through his sheets of, of, of paper to see who has the four ball combination i mean what 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 was that like being in yeah. there and, and how would you describe that yeah tense uh tense is 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 perfect perfect description you know my heart you know i've <laughs> i've been doing this for a long time covered a lot of big events but yeah my heart was beating pretty quickly it's just the enormity of the changes that can happen if they if they have great fortune for a third time you know the the ticket sales go through the roof. The, they're relevant again. Um, the worth of the franchises jumps up. Uh, you know, um, just on and on TV exposure. But you know, you think about what it's going to mean for you personally too. Um, so all that was factored into it. So it's very tense. It's not your ordinary lottery in terms of well, the number one pick. You know, you want the guy, but you still not. You can't label him a generational player, and, and we all know what this, what Victor means to uh, the NBA. Um, so what was what was weird about it was it happened so quickly. You know, yep. you settle in, they give you some instructions, do's and don'ts. Uh, then they go through uh, explaining the process. Everything's airtight. I mean, it's eyeballs are on this. Uh, the league leaves nothing left to chance. It's very, you know, very well done. Um, and then it happened. But they, just to just to interrupt, they leave nothing to chance in leaving everything to chance. Yeah, great. <laughs> great, great. They're, 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 they're preserving the the fact that this is entirely yeah. 
up to the which lottery balls come out of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very anyway, right. pro- Very proceed. Yeah. So it happened just so quickly. The balls are drawn. The four balls come out. The number one pick goes to the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Already? You know what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but there are because, because in the drawing, they pick the first team first. It's exactly. different how they announce it. You know, when they announce it on TV, it goes backwards. Exactly. So they pick the first team first. Exactly. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe some of the representatives are thinking, wait a minute, whoa, wait a minute. Can we do this again? You know, wait, wait I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't settled in my seat. I wasn't rubbing my good luck charm correctly, or you know, whatever. Or if you're if you're the, if you're the Pelicans and you're in like four, you're the fourteenth team or whatever, you're just like, never mind. We'll just yeah. go home now. Exactly. So Brian Brian isn't aware of it. Um, you know the mathematical process. He's looking through the the papers. He he doesn't he isn't aware of it. And then Clay Allen, the legal counsel from the Houston Rockets, sitting to his right. And he, keep in mind, Brian was as stoic as as you can get, and um, you know. But but at that point, there was a, a little bit of a look of confusion on his face. And Clay Allen did him a solid and leans over and said, "I think you got it." And yeah. and then seconds ticks later, you know, just seconds later, it's announced. Yeah, first pick goes to San Antonio Spurs, and he does the fist pump, just an understated fist pump. And a slight smile crosses his face, and then he's immediately back to stoic mode. And, um, you know, to his credit, he said afterward that he didn't want to, you know, he, he wanted to be respectful of his peers in the room and, and not put on a show of emotion, which came later on the stage with uh, with Peter J. Holt. But, yeah, Brian, Brian handled it really well. It was, it was very professional, very classy. I, I don't know if I don't know if we need to address these yahoos, but there's always the people that that think it's rigged, and like there's I've heard some people say like why don't if you know if it's if it's going to be on the up and up why don't they just televise the ping pong ball drawing and we can all watch there's not, that the drama's gone because you're picking the first team first yeah yep. like that's that's why they don't show the the ping pong ball drawing but it's also why they let um, you know impartial media in to uh, witness it like it's important yeah. for them to to keep that transparency. And every team has a representative there watching. So, yeah. and, and like he from the- France is there watching because the top pick is Victor Wambanyama, and there's a French newspaper in there watching the whole thing. And also, just think about the the TV show. The NBA is good at creating TV. And by the way, the ratings are going to the roof this postseason. Um, for anybody who thought that might have died, they're they're pretty good at drama. And as as Tom sort of explained there, it's it's not like a lottery where one ball comes out with the Spurs logo on it and they win it. Um, that's how it was back in the day when there was like 14 envelopes. Now it's it's lottery balls and these teams have pages and pages and pages mm-hmm. of four lottery ball combinations. And when you pull them out, what, what Brian was doing is going through all these combinations. Like the Spurs, there's thousands of possible four ball combinations. The Spurs have 14% of those. So you, you hear the four lottery ball numbers you have to Tom you can verify this everyone is going through sheets of paper you yeah. try to find those four yeah. numbers in a row and that's why Clay from Houston had found those four numbers first and realized oh these belong to you Brian right at San Antonio yeah. Spurs and yeah. you think of what that looks like on TV it's not nearly as compelling as the the deputy commissioner standing up and and opening 
envelopes and and doing it that way in in reverse order. So yeah. it was, that's that's was, how that works. It was all beyond my algebra two education, I, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, but but it it, it uh, yeah. And interestingly, Portland was one number off the last number. They were they were one tick off, and then amazingly, you know, they get to the fourth pick. And the Spurs come up twice. They win the fourth pick twice. So they have to do do-overs. In fact, they did it over three times because Spurs won it the first time. Uh, their combination came up the first time. Charlotte, which had the number two pick already, came up the second time. And then the Spurs came up a third time. So how lucky, you know, uh, you know, Lady Luck, how much was she embracing the Spurs that night? It was just incredible. Anyone who's listening to this podcast undoubtedly is fully aware oh, oh, of the Spurs. Oh, something? Of, of, they're they're fully aware of the the Spurs history in the draft and the fact that you know they won David Robinson, they won Tim Duncan, uh, they they've won Victor Wembanyama. But it's 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 almost like the more you're aware of that, the more you take for granted just how absolutely crazy that is. That. I, I would submit, I sort of mentioned this to Tom yesterday, um, that if you could pick three lotteries for the Spurs to have won in their history, it would be exactly those three yeah. Beca- because of the timing of them and that the the David Robinson lottery was the one that essentially kept the Spurs in San Antonio. That was a team that mm-hmm. was an hemisphere arena and constant fear of being moved. And it's not like they would have moved if... That, that next year if they hadn't won the lottery, but David they, David saved the franchise they, they, in many, they many would, ways. They would have moved eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Third, yeah. So so you absolutely needed that one. The Duncan one sets up the the dynasty of all dynasties in twenty first century sports. I mean the the twenty year postseason run, five championships. That's the one you wanted maybe of all time. Uh the tenth the MT two center two. The AT&T Center, which, you know, might be aging here. Well, there's another topic there. <laughs> but, uh, another topic, but it, like that also kept the Spurs around because they couldn't play in the Alamodome forever. And Tom laughed yesterday when I said this, but if the Spurs have the option, knowing what they know now, and having won the David Robinson lottery and the Tim Duncan lottery, of winning a third one, I think that they pick the Victor Wimbanyama lottery, and and this, and I'm not saying this player is better than this player, but it's better for the Spurs to have won the Victor Wimbanyama lottery than the LeBron James lottery, because because now they are set, conceivably for for ten years into the future, if LeBron James was around with Tim Duncan, like do you need to win? Maybe you win seven titles instead of five, you know. LeBron James is great, but he doesn't bring you into a new era. Tim Duncan era covered 20 years that overlap with LeBron in a lot of ways. This one sets them up into an entirely new era of the NBA and where they are going to be a player in this league, a contender should be, not to put too much on a 19-year-old kid, but I mean, the, 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 the tickets have been sold already. The national media is coming. You know, ESPN is going to be around. Uh, all the networks are going to be around, much to Jeff's chagrin. Um, 
it's 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 a huge huge thing and and for this franchise to have won precisely the three lotteries that they needed to win is 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 just staggering to me yeah yeah and i you know it's so fascinating you know i was i was along the lines of what pop said to us in dallas in the season finale that we we deserve no more luck ever you know and you, you think about those things how does you know the proverbial basketball gods what how did they figure this out my my personal explanation is that they're all liberal democrats like uh, Trump, uh, like like Bob, yeah. so they favored him. But you know, it's uh, it's how does this work out? How do, how does one franchise win these three linchpin generational epic players? So you want to one we don't know about yet. I mean, we're I'm jumping the gun. Let's talk about them. Let's yeah. talk about the guy the Spurs are going to draft. I mean. Uh, you, I spent a lot of time on the phone yesterday with like NBA people, scouts, just trying to like just get a. I mean, we've seen the highlights and we've heard the the buzz, and and some of us in, on this podcast have actually already seen Victor play in person. But I mean, you just you hear people describe him as like uh, you know a taller Kevin Durant, a much taller Steph Curry, like Giannis with like basketball skills and a shot. Um, with Rudy Gobert's, uh, you know, defensive chops. And it just sounds like ridiculous hyperbole. And then you watch the the highlights and you're like, these, these, these videos have to be like deep fakes. Like there's, there's no way a human being that looks like that can do these things. And I, I guess I spent a lot of time yesterday just trying to figure out how much of this is hyperbole. And I, 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 most people think, seem to say that, that it's not like he's all those things. And he's going to be all those things, and he could be the best player in the in the world in a very short time. So, but that I sort of think that the 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 caution there. Yeah, we're going to get to that. That's that's um that's eventually all those things. And I think some of those are are wildly, yeah, uh, just just absurd. He's 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 not a much taller Steph Curry. Like that's that's a, that's a bit too far. And you know, what, not, what was his percentage? Yeah. His percentage and his three four percentage in the French league this year is in twenties. So yeah. I don't think Steph Curry ever shot that. Um but a lot of it is like like he was trying to do things um uh this 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 like running one footed three pointer, which you would see in the highlight reels and think, holy crap, well he would miss four or five of those in a row because he was trying to do stuff um that probably wasn't necessary in the course of the game. But there's we're trying to tell the balance here between uh, buying into the wild, absurd hype, and yet not underselling it, because he's also is legitimately. I, I think this is you. You get a consensus from everybody here at the combine from across the league. Everybody who knows basketball, he is the most anticipated um, basketball prospect in the last twenty years since LeBron James. Um, probably the most complete prospect since then. Whether the, whether that translates into champ championships right away whether it even translates into playoffs right away for your local cagers yet to be determined i think vegas still has the spurs as um as better bet to miss the playoffs this first year than to make them uh that doesn't factor in who the spurs might add to go around victor with Yama in the next few months um but i guess, I, 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 I guess, I guess what i was getting ahead. at is we we've seen players with these sorts of skills um in, in various incarnations 
And we've seen players with this type of size. We've never seen these skills paired with that size before. It's a completely, uh, I mean, foreign in every sense of the word prospect. I mean, it, when when LeBron called him an alien, that's about the most apt description you, you could have of him. We have never seen anything like this on a ba- on a on a, on a basketball court before. Yeah, you know, um, correct. In in a much smaller version in a much different world in 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 87 robinson had a lot of this applied to him i mean he was something people had never seen before um but it took him a long time to win a championship and it, it was only because of tim you know tim didn't yeah. have these otherworldly skills but my god uh you know the best total package i've ever seen you know well part part of the um the, the difference there is that this current era um, of Victor Wembanyama is allowed to show those kind of skills. Like yeah. David, yes. at David's time, it, it was a time when if you were seven feet tall, you got down on a block with your back to the back yeah. and post people up. And just and the he, fact that he, he was shot had, a lot of outside, he shot a lot of outside mid-range stuff that wasn't sure. And, and that was a huge um, changing of uh, uh, stereotype is to be able to shoot mid-range stuff. Now we're mm-hmm. at the point where he's shooting from thirty yeah. feet, you know, on on one foot on the run. Um, yeah, it'll it it's gonna be the the basketball stuff is just it it blows your mind as to what he can accomplish out there, who he can be, um, the face of the franchise stuff. Um, we can get into that. Uh, just the, the other thing is his game. His game. Maybe this sounds uh, counterintuitive. I don't know, but his game is much more built for the NBA court and rules than, than Europe. I mean, he obviously was great in Europe and dominant in Europe, but the spacing in the NBA is going to open up so much more for him that he's going to be pretty impossible to guard. He's going to be pretty impossible to guard. Like, um, I was talking to someone that watched most of his games, um, in France last year. And it's like, if he could get the ball anywhere in the paint, it's two points. It's two. It's just automatic two points. But in Europe, you can also, you know, goal station, team. station. Yeah, goaltend, station three guys in the paint, just waiting for him, just keep him out of there. You can't do that in the NBA. You can't. You can't. You. You. The. The, the rules are set up for him to just annihilate people. So, uh, I. You know, I. I. I think it's not out of realm of the possibility that he's going to look. I'll, I mean, as crazy as this is to say, he's going to look better as an NBA rookie, maybe at at times. Than he did, you know, playing against French competition. What, what we don't, what we don't know, or I, I guess I should say, what I don't know is what does he have some of those Duncan-like intangibles? Uh, what, 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 what is he like in terms of fitting in with Pop and, you know, getting over yourself, uh, you know, mantra well, culture bit of Spurs. We, we obviously delayed that. Yeah. I don't want to say that, Tom, and that that is a. Uh... A topic of a uh, depending on when this podcast posts to the internet, whenever it comes off the presses, whenever it's published, <laughs> I, has that how it works? There's, there's presses for these. I hear a column promo so. coming up. I think so. Column promo. Where is it going to be placed, Tom? That's very important. Okay. The um, the the up either upcoming or recent column in the Express News newspaper, expressnews.com, uh, sports. Spurs Nation newsletter, which is no longer the newsletter. We've changed the name. 
oh, all that stuff available expressnews.com um there are some you talk to people who know victor well um there are some similarities between victor Wembanyama and tim duncan personality wise coachability wise low-key wise but the key issue the key difference here is it's 26 mm-hmm. years later the world is different yeah a, a tim duncan type is different and this is also going to kind of uh, uh rile up one jeff mcdonald a little bit when he considers how his day-to-day is changing but like victor Wembanyama has a, a film crew with him all the time his people are are very meticulous uh, a lot of people have very nice things to say about his family and the people who are advising him they put a lot of thought into creating this basketball superstar and really his much of his life has been dedicated to to maximizing his ability not only on the court but just to 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 impact um to to, to be a a true nba superstar that he, he's surrounded by people in a way that tim never was Tim did not have a documentary crew around him uh, <laughs> all the time. And, um, you know, it, as, as you say, the nice Tim Duncan things about Victor Wimbanyama, that um, Greg Popovich is going to have to approach coaching Victor Wimbanyama in a much different way than he coached Tim Duncan because Tim Duncan was just this guy who showed up, played basketball, could take a, 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 a tongue lashing, and then moved on. Now, like there's going to be Victor Wembanyama video cameras around. There's going to be just people around. He's Tim. Whether Victor Wembanyama wants to be marketed or not, that's just the way of the world now. And so it's the answer to the question: Is he the second Tim Duncan? It's almost like there can't be another Tim Duncan. Oh, uh, that's right, right. Yeah. No. No question. No question. So uh, that that's kind of a fascinating. There there are many fascinating parts to this, but just. The, the Victor Wimbanyama machine, the media machine, the 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 just machine around him, it's not going to get in the way of the Spurs. And in fact, you know the 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 celebration you saw from Victor um, on draft night, uh, and and what he said about how he woke up wanting to be a Spur, all that is believed to be absolutely true, because from from what I hear, it's just the the his team believe that the Spurs have this well run organization where they're going to take care of the details they're not going to get lost in all the off-court stuff and uh they can kind of just focus on basketball and that could be really good for him it could be really good for the spurs but it's going to be a different experience than it was with with tim duncan yeah still here yeah the yeah tim tim's the prototype and then i was just saying you know will, will he have some of those qualities not not be a carving wouldn't be a Tim, but I, I wasn't I wasn't saying that to refute what you were saying. I was just no, I, I know exploring I that's a really good topic. Um yeah. it's a really good topic, which is why I'm writing about it. Um yeah. it's 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 something. And uh, I I think fans are gonna love watching him play. I think there are going to be some growing pains. I think there what Jeff said about uh some of the the ways that the NBA is gonna make him better are going to be true i think there are going to be days and weeks when he looks lost because every rookie does and because maybe he can't run the ball up the floor against nba competition the way he did in the french league like there are going to be ups and downs um 
whether or not the Spurs make the playoffs right away or or, yeah. or you, you know, who, who knows. But what you have is a guy who's going to be around for four years on his rookie deal. Uh, most of these guys sign this, the Supermax as soon as they can or, or, the, or the maximum extension as soon as they can. You, you have both, it's contradictory, but you have both time uh, knowing that he's going to be around for a while and, and he's somebody to build around but also urgency in that you don't want to waste any of that time. You want to, you don't want to spend another year kind of just waiting to see what happens. There's, and I think the Spurs front office from RC Buford to Brian Wright to Greg Popovich have all thought about these things very deeply, not only in the past few days, but over the past couple of years. And I, and I think there, there's going to be, like I said, both patience and urgency to, to maximize this just, profound inexplicable luck that they got and we can talk about short-term expectations you've kind of alluded to it a little bit but i mean in in my thinking like the best case scenario for for year one is they're competing for the playoffs maybe they're yeah. debate, but they're just in that mix um i know i know most of the people most of the fans that were you know celebrating at the bars and whatnot and hawking their horns uh, downtown on Tuesday night are probably thinking like it's it's a it's a short drive from here to the to the next championship and I you know I I, I guess I'm here to temper expectations there a little bit and say there's 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 going to be a process involved in getting from here to there and it's it's not going to happen in year one it didn't have it almost never it, it doesn't happen in year one for anybody right yeah. like not even for, for the great Tim Duncan and there's a lot of um there's a you know. There's a lot of um, dissimilarities between the situation that Victor's entering with the Spurs and like when Duncan got here. Like Duncan won a, won a title in year two. He also joined a team that that was in the lottery due to injuries. They have they had hall of, they had all stars and Hall of Famers that just weren't playing that year. And and, yep. and when you got when you got David Robinson back and you got Sean Elliott back uh, and Avery Johnson, you, well, you have the core of a team that you know two years before Duncan arrived was winning 60 games and then you added Duncan to that and of, of course they're they're an immediate power in the west um I, you know they, with, with David it was kind of the same way they they um he had to wait two years um in uh to do naval duty before between his draft and joining the Spurs in 89 he joined at the exact same time as another lottery pick in Sean Elliott they also had some some other you know traded for Terry Cummings at that time and and they they didn't win a title, well, really until Tim came. But they didn't become. But they they made the they made the semis that first yeah. season. That yeah, they became they became a Western power pretty quickly. Yeah, but but I don't I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see that from Victor just because the situation he's joining is is different. He doesn't have his David Robinson to uh, yet. He's he he he's everyone around around him is is young and talented. Um, but they're going to have to add to that. The guys they have on the roster are going to have to both continue to develop and and find a way to impact the game around Victor. Um, so, like I'm saying, if you're if if they're competing for playoffs in year one, then I think I think they're on the right path. But I beyond that, I think anything beyond that would be would be um, would be gravy. And Jeff will be flushing out this story for all the platforms of the San Antonio Express News. Uh, it's great. Up the big story. Coming soon. LeBron James never made a uh, never won a title. His 
on on his rookie contract or with his first team before he left to uh we've, we've done this before like who has didn't Ten. lebron james didn't didn't make the playoffs until or didn't make the finals until year four um and he's he's the best the nba had seen before victor no. uh, this 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 century it's it's really we're not trying to completely throw cold water on a height but i think it's it's important to yeah. keep a historical perspective on it. I think I think San Antonio's history with these guys with with these number one picks is kind of um uh giving maybe like a false sense of something because like like we mentioned like Robinson came and and they set the record for biggest turnaround one season turnaround and then Duncan came and they broke that record like every every time every time they get the number one pick they win 35 36 more games the next season and I guess yeah. we're just here to say that's probably not going to happen with with this one just uh, but but some incremental improvement would would be nice to see, and it's probably worth worth expecting. Going a ways Jim. back, uh, Bird Bird's first season, they they had the thirty two win improvement and made the conference finals. So uh, and then the Spurs bested that improvement record, but but only reached the semis under Robinson. Well, we spent when we used to do this podcast regularly. We spent much of um this season cautioning Spurs fans that well just because you 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 tank and just because you you have one of the best percentage chances to win the lottery doesn't mean you win it Spurs sure Spurs fans are used to entering lotteries and winning them. that usually doesn't happen and so we tried to throw cold water on that and the Spurs fans said we you're, you guys are crazy if we if we tank the right way we're obviously going to get Victor Wembanyama because the basketball gods like us and we're going to get the guy and so they're thinking the same thing now. These yahoos on the podcast and their secure locations, they're saying this almost never happens and that we shouldn't expect to win a championship next year. But we're the Spurs. Of course it's going to happen. For industry, it's going to happen again. We we proved them wrong by winning Victor, and we'll prove them wrong by competing for the 2024 NBA Finals next year against the Orlando Magic. Is that how it's going to happen? I don't know. Uh, Paolo versus well, Victor. It, they need to bring Kata, Kata back, though. Yeah, that that opening shot that you guys took at Kata was unfair. I, no, I, no, I, no I, shot. No shot. I, I, I think uh, Kata, Kata was a fine spur. Yeah, and, it was. Uh, he, 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 he could still be. Exactly. He still could be. Still could be. We'll get into roster moves, uh, potential, I guess, second-round draft picks at some point in the future. <laughs> no, we, we won't wait. No, we won't. We, we won't wait another, it's been several months, we won't wait another several months to to speak to you out there in podcast land again, uh, but it's good to be back, well, good to have some excitement about around the program, uh, even if Jeff might not fully appreciate it yet, he's just looking at all the, uh, the stuff I'll he has you, to do now. Speaking, speaking of the second round picks, I think they better be the best second round picks the Spurs have ever made, maybe, maybe minus Manu, because they're going to have so much time to prepare for them. You don't have to worry about your first round pick anymore. You spend no you spend no energy um, interviewing or scouting or arguing over who your first round pick is going to be. So all that energy can go into the second round, and, and uh, Brian and those guys better knock those two out of the park. That's, they're putting a lot of pressure on those guys. Yep. Best second round picks ever. Wasn't Manu Ginobili taken in the second round? I mentioned that. You weren't listening to oh, me. Oh, I, don't, I usually don't. Yeah. Okay. You well, are, that's something to look Real quick, our hiatus was partly due to the loss of our producer, Luis de la Vasquez. 
Uh, he he just quit. He he resigned. Yeah. He didn't pass on or whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Who did a great job? Who did a great yeah. job? It will be very missed. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to Luis. He's running restaurants now. Good for him. I'm sure he's out there listening. <laughs> That's why I said it. I think he's out there listening. Okay. Well, to Luis, Luis knows this, that, uh, you know, <laughs> when one chapter ends, another begins, make the best of it, take care of each other, keep it real. We'll see you next time.